Hey everyone, it is me from 12 Days of Christmas and TikTok. Now, if there's one thing on your to-do list today, it's to listen to one of my new favorite podcasts called Live with CDP. It's 30 minutes every Wednesday and Friday night, and you can find it on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook Live, Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor FM. Now, it's hosted by my buddy Chris. And Chris, if you ever need a guest, let a girl know. Everyone, enjoy the incredible podcast. Bye. Anyways, hello everybody. How you doing? Welcome to Live with CDP on this Friday, August 13th. And uh, just uh, I'm happy to uh, I have my guests coming back for a third time. Uh, Mr. Aaron Sanders, uh, the online voice of the Windsor Express of the National Basketball League of Canada will be on. And we're going to talk a little NBA today, maybe a little CBL and maybe some NFL training camp. As you guys know, I'm a huge Eagles fan and uh, we lost last night 24-16 to Pittsburgh. But wins and losses, I'm not really worried about in the preseason. It was nice to see uh, some of the young players uh, develop. And one of my favorite new wide receivers, Quads Watson, uh, had a nice 79-yard touchdown pass from Joe F uh, Flackle. And I thought Jalen Hurts and his uh, uh, time in with the Eagles was uh, did well as well. So we'll talk maybe a little Eagles football, some NFL training camp. But uh, just give me one minute, guys, and I will bring on uh, the online voice of the Windsor Express, uh, Aaron Sanders, who's on his record third time on Live with CDP. And I really appreciate Aaron coming on today. And give me one sec, guys. I will bring on Aaron. Hey, good afternoon, Aaron. How you doing? Howdy, Chris. Nice to be here once again. And it's Friday the 13th. Pretty spooky, but I'm glad to be here for a third time. Hi, everybody. Well, like I said, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it and stuff like that. So, Anytime. I was going to say, um, yeah, uh, June and July, I had so many podcasts. But August, it's been a little bit tougher with everybody being on vacation and schedule. So, uh, like I said, again, I really appreciate you coming on for a little bit and uh, maybe talk some NBA, a little CBL, and uh, maybe a little NFL training camp. So, I know it's a big weekend for the CBL this weekend with the uh, quarterfinal matchups on uh, Saturday and Sunday as well. Absolutely. Uh, last few weeks of the CBL season, and it's an unprecedented season, no question about it. We're finally seeing fans right back into the stands, as it should be. A lot of great competition, as it should be. But, you know, a little bit of a sad note because, you know, when the season comes to an end, we're all thinking what's going to happen next. But we're not going to dwell on that right now. We're going to focus on to the now. And we look at the brackets right now. Pretty good, interesting matchups, to say the least, beginning with Tomorrow, we got the Ottawa Blackjacks and the Hamilton Honey Badgers. That's going to be a big one because I think out of those two teams, they have some of the finest big men and up-and-coming big men in that league and for those teams. And then, of course, on Sunday afternoon, if I'm not mistaken, Guelph yes. facing Fraser Valley, that's going to be a doozy, no question about it. So those two first matchups are just going to shape up the rest of the CEBL bracket as far as the championship is concerned. I was going to say, and uh, Guelph's won three out of the last four games, and they're coming into the playoffs at the right time. Uh, Fraser Valley's kind of struggled. Uh, they finished seven and seven. Guelph finished five and nine, but I don't think the Guelph, the Nighthawks, from what I've seen of the games they've been to, are a five and nine team. There's been a few games where they could have won and they just couldn't close it out. So people shouldn't just, well, the Nighthawks are five and nine, that they'll be easy prey. I think it's going to be a very good game against Fraser Valley, and I wouldn't be surprised if it uh, it's less than a three point difference. I really my per, my predictions for this weekend. Uh, I got to give Hamilton the edge over Ottawa. I think Hamilton is still a stronger team than Ottawa, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Nighthawks to upset uh, the Bandits. I wouldn't really call it an upset, but uh, I think Wolf's on the right uh, road right now, playing well, and uh, we'll see what happens. Again, it's very interesting to see how people would usually count a team out in the early stages of the season. Like, for example, the Nighthawks had a little bit of their Picadolos and the, let's say, the Saskatchewan Rattlers, they had a little bit of their problems too at the beginning of the season. They're the only team not in the bracket this season. But as far as, you know, the Nighthawks are concerned, their strong finish to the regular season is going to help them catapult into what could be a very nice playoff run for them. So I'm going to have to put, you know, my pick on the Nighthawks and I'm going to put the Hamilton Honey Badgers over the Black Hawk, uh, Black Jacks as well, because I think they have a little too much depth than usual. But I'll tell you, there's somebody from the 
blackjacks that caught my eye ever since the first game of the season, and that is Nick Ward. I mean, I, I'm a, and I said this like the last two times I've been on. I, I'm a fellow who loves, you know, the big guys, you know, playing right and down to the paint and just destroying anything in their path to go from coast to coast, left and right. That's Nick Ward for you. And you know what? If there's any hope for the Blackjacks to beat the Honey Badgers, they better hope that Nick Ward is, you know, is coming out with all guns a-blazing, that they play a nice game of basketball. Like, don't be selfish with the ball. Swing it around. You know, get them tired a little bit. They may be on their way. But, again, you know, Hamilton's got a little too much depth and a little too uh, much uh, potential and power into their team over the Blackjacks. Well, what I like about this, it's a winner go home. It's like uh... – if you have one bad game, you're done for the year here. So this is what I love about it. So you're going to see all these teams playing hard. And and like I said, I really like I look forward to it. One thing I really like about the CEBL is this ELAM ending. Uh, as soon as it's four minutes or a little less than four minutes, uh, if the teams are tied or someone's leading, that team, uh, then, then the ELAM score is plus nine. I actually really like that to finish a, a CEBL game out. I, I, I don't know if you know a lot about the Elam ending, but I, I really think it's a tremendous thing that CEBL did with that. Well, I followed the Elam ending ever since uh, it debuted nationally and worldwide in the NBA All-Star game last year in Chicago. And I was very interested to see that because, you know, it harkens back to our days playing basketball on the playgrounds, on the blacktops and whatnot. Yeah. And you just set up a game point and that's a wrap. And on top of that, you know, you see everything you see everything unfolding one way or another. But as far as the CEBL has, is concerned, they did a good idea of adopting the Elam ending last year. And we saw this during the summer series. They were fantastic in adding into that. But now we see a lot of players coming into the clutch and just delivering damage. I think, and I looked at the social media this morning, correct me if I'm wrong, there were a few players that had multiple game uh, Elam ending buckets like there are like three of them that had at least more than four so it goes to show like who's the clutch players in the league and i think it's a good idea for any league that's either jump starting or just trying to try out a new wrinkle this is the feature to try out and who 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 would want to have that opportunity to take that game winning bucket and win the championship last year it was decided on a free throw it's still an elam ending bucket Maybe it could be a jump shot. Maybe it could be a dunk. It could be an alley-oop. All those opportunities can unravel. And it just comes down to one play and a certain target score. Well, Guelph's last game against uh, Ottawa, it came down to uh, Bryson got fouled at the three-point line. And Guelph was tied with Ottawa 86-86. And he just calmly sank three free throws to win the game for the Guelph Nighthawks. And it was really, like you mentioned, the fans. There was about a 1,000 fans at the Sleeman Center. It was probably the loudest crowd in the three-year history of the Nighthawks, even though there was only a 1,000 people. It really made a difference in the game for the Nighthawks. Well, they always say in sports, you know, the sixth man or the 12th man can make a huge difference when it comes to gameplay. And the Nighthawks, obviously, they got a great fan base like all the other teams and the CEBL. But yeah. when it comes to a team like the Nighthawks, honestly, that stuttered at the beginning but really clicked on all cylinders near the end of the regular season, it's going to give them that kind of motivation, even though they may be – correct me if I'm wrong. Are they on the road? They're on the road. Yeah, okay, they're on the road, yeah. Yeah, okay. and one and one thing is the Nighthawks did add four new players to the roster in the last couple of weeks. Uh, a couple of the guys, Matt Newfield, a big uh, center, and they added um, Michael Bryson, a guard out of uh, I think he's out of California. And these uh, new additions have made a, a huge difference, along with Cat Barber, who was in the G League. Uh, I think he should get another opportunity in the NBA, from what I see. Uh, at least get an opportunity, and then um, uh, Kimball McKenzie as well. So I think the the key players for the uh, the Nighthawks on Sunday is going to be the point guards uh, McKenzie and uh, and um, Cat Barber, and uh, see if they can get some contributions from their uh, big guys as well. If they can stop the Bandits' game of nice mid post mid post to mid range action, then they're going to have a shot. So half of those. Half of those additions, they're usually the big men, so they could actually counteract and pull off an upset if they play their cards right. Yeah. My uh, my CBL prediction right now for the championship, I still think it's going to come down to Edmonton and Niagara, but I definitely wouldn't count out Guelph 
or uh, Hamilton, but I, my gut feeling is uh, it's going to be an Edmonton and Niagara final. Well, Niagara has been looking for a major push and a major playoff run considering, you know, how they fared out last season. And even in the first season where they got upset by the Hamilton Honey Badgers, if I'm not mistaken, over in Saskatchewan, that, that was a really close game, no question about it. But here we are in 2021. Niagara's coming back with a vengeance. They had a well-oiled team since the beginning. So I wouldn't be surprised if I see the Stingers and the River Lions go at it, or even as an upset matchup, the Honey Badgers and the Stingers. And I believe both games on Saturday afternoon and Sunday afternoon are going to be on CBC Sports as well as uh, CBC Gem as well. Yeah, that's going to be great. And once again, nothing but national exposure as this season comes right down to the wire. Yes, and the Nighthawks are doing a, a watch a, a live watch party too in downtown Guelph, which I'm going to at a Mexican restaurant called Lorenza. So uh, tip off is four o'clock. And uh, if anybody out there is interested, please uh, uh, call the Nighthawks or check out their website and contact them on uh, www.thenighthawks.ca. And I'm kind of looking forward to that, to getting together with some other Nighthawks fans and some of their staff, and we're hopefully watching a very good game uh, that day at 4 o'clock, which is 1 o'clock on uh, BC time. Well, keep me posted on how that watch party goes, because there's nothing more fulfilling in the world of sports than to have great support, even if a team is on the road. It just goes to show how far their contributions and the community could go with a certain team. And I think the Nighthawks, uh, they're only in their third year in the league, only their second in Guelph because last year the bubble. Uh, but I was going to say, I think they're doing a nice job here with building up their brand. It takes time because uh, the Guelph Storm have been here 31 plus years and they've already they're established themselves. But I think the Nighthawks have established themselves. I think they have. And I think long term, this team will be uh, successful in Guelph. And I think the CEBL long term, I think, has a bright future as well in my opinion. I agree. And again, it's very interesting considering that Guelph is most likely a hockey town with the storm and whatnot, but there's something about basketball and basketball in Canada in general. It takes a little bit of time for that sport to become, you know, as popular as hockey, but with all the yep. great contributions that Canada basketball, the CBL and all the other outstanding leagues in this, uh, in this nation it has provided, you're going to see basketball as one of the top sports in the next few years. And again, the contributions from the CBL is just making sure that basketball is right up on the map. You may have hockey during the fall, winter, and spring, but what do you have during the summer? Great basketball action. Yeah, you still have the Intercounty Baseball League as well, but uh, the Gulf Royals obviously shut down this year. So I've been hearing rumors that Windsor could be in line for an uh, uh, Intercounty Baseball League team in the future as well, possibly. Well, if they need a play-by-play -play person, let me in because I've always wanted to call baseball. Well, we'll cross your fingers because I talked to uh, a couple guys from the London Major last week. Uh, Dylan Baker, who's only 15 years old, and I'll tell you, just like yourself, Aaron, as soon as I heard his voice, it's like, yep, this this uh, young gentleman has got a bright future in broadcasting, and it's amazing. He started his broadcasting career at 13 years old, and now he's in his second year with the majors with uh, uh, Nolan, Nolan uh, Smith as well, and they do a good job with uh, Rogers uh, TV in London as well, doing the majors games. Well, once again, when you have that opportunity right in front of you, it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what kind of experience you have. If that's your passion, if that's what you've been thinking about for a long time, you, you just got to go for this. And again, I have to applaud both of these gentlemen for just stepping it up out there. And at, at 13 years old and 15 years old now, it's just incredible, you know, just to see not only younger people, you know, going out and just taking that brass ring, if you will, but anybody out there that has a passion. Now, once again, it's not about this. It's yep. about this. It is about the it's it's about the character. Like if you have that yep. passion, you put it out there right behind the mic. Yep. You got it. Well, last week uh, I was talking to Chuck Skorsky too, and he's one of the nicest people I've ever met or talked to, and so supportive of what I'm trying to do as well. And uh, I don't know if you got the uh, had a chance to watch that podcast, but Chuck Skorsky is one of the best guys in the business. It's worth breaking up the salami and cheese after that podcast. I could have spent five hours talking to him, but I think I I asked him all the questions I wanted to ask him, and that was one of them where he got that uh, all those uh, slogans 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 when he was with uh, the Toronto Raptors as well.
100%. Well, see, you got Chuck Swirsky. You had uh, you had Dan Schulman, who did a terrific yep. job with, at the Olympics this year. So yes. it's just going to keep on clicking on all cylinders, not only for this podcast, but for those guys right out yes. there. So, you know, it's interesting. And again, the Olympics was, again, one of the most interesting uh, events, especially uh, post-COVID, because yep. we've, we've heard all this other talk, but at the end of the day, they got it done. They yep. got all the sports done. They We've seen all the moments. We've seen a dual gold a couple of weeks ago, and I thought that was one of the great acts of sportsmanship I have ever seen. And what better way to have it than on the worldwide stage? Yeah, to be, to be honest, I didn't really follow a lot of the Olympics, I guess, because I was so focused on the CEBL and then with Major League Baseball going on and then NFL training camp in the CFL. I Maybe next time I'll, I'll try to – I think the Winter Olympics will probably pay a little more attention to. Uh, but mm. uh, like I said, uh, anyways, um, again, yeah, so my CBL pick is going to be Edmonton and Niagara, but we'll see what happens. And uh, – Oh, I was going to ask you, Aaron, as well. Any, what's the latest on the NBL of Canada? Because I don't want to forget about that league as well. Because I'm a fan of the NBL of Canada. Exactly. We're still going to have a tenth season. Uh, we're still planning for the late, you know, the end of the year to get things started. So we're we're just hoping in the next few weeks we get something, you know, set in stone as far as all the other teams are concerned. And you know, hopefully, I'll be back right on there too so stay tuned season 10 once again a milestone year and hopefully we're able to cover a lot of ground based on you know what the pandemic has dealt with us for the last year and a half so i think not only this is going to be a great season for this league but i think this is going to make us stronger day after day it's like we pick ourselves up when we're down and obviously you know with all the events that happen and that made us you know it made us fall down a little bit but we realize you know there's going to be a whole lot of work and it's going to be fun jump starting this 10th season and just showing everybody is like you know what basketball is back the nblc is back and hopefully all teams will be on board and hopefully we get a lot of support from the local community and the fans as well i was gonna say what's the latest on st john's do you know what the latest with their situation is the arena well there's no no updates on that. Obviously, everyone has heard about the this, this situation. It's it's upsetting to hear, you know, news like that. But unfortunately, that's the way business goes. It's a little bit disappointing because they were in this league for three years, Chris. Three years. Led in attendance, superstar players, Carl English, Newfoundland native, Glenn Big Baby Davis from the NBA played for a season. We had Olu Ashalu, who's doing real well in the CEBL, incidentally. We had Grandy Glaze, all those great players for St. John's, and the fan support was just absolutely phenomenal. A finals appearance against the Moncton Magic two years ago, but it's a shame to see something like this happen, and hopefully there will be some light on the situation. But for now, you know, all we could think of is like, you know, the memories that the edge has left us over the, the last three years, and hopefully, you know, something good will come from this situation. Fingers crossed. Yes, and and like I said, I think both leagues, I think they're both great, and I think they both need to continue because, as you know, the CABL is a summer league, and then the NBL is kind of a fall winter league, and I think and them overlapping, I think it's good for the sport as well. It's going to bring much more exposure to the game of basketball. So don't don't count basketball out for a second because we're pretty much here for a whole year, half a year C, half a year NBL. The other half you have CBL, so yep. you got round ball all around. True, and everybody talks about Canada being hockey, which is true, but lacrosse, baseball, and now basketball. Canada now has come out such a long ways, uh, not just with hockey, but the other sports I just mentioned there too, Aaron. Hmm. And I'm very interested with uh, lacrosse too because it, it was popular than basketball once upon a time. You know what? What's interesting about uh, lacrosse is. The Toronto Rock. They're no longer mm-hmm. the Toronto Rock. They're the Toronto Rock of Hamilton. So how do you make of this situation? Because it's like the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim yeah. all over again. So from what I've heard, they're going to be at the uh, the Cops Coliseum or the first Ontario Center, Center for yeah. years, and we'll see you know, how that goes. But I honestly thought they were going to be renamed the Hamilton Rock. 
Well, originally that franchise before they became the Toronto Rock were the Hamilton Raiders, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, my friend Pat Gregor, I'm trying to get him to come on one day with you because he's their uh, color analyst for the Halifax Thunderbird. And he, he thinks it's a good move for them to go to Hamilton, but they should be called either the Hamilton Rock or the uh, Ontario Rock. He, I actually I agree with him on the Ontario Rock because then they can represent the whole province and not just Toronto because people in Toronto and Hamilton, you know this, people in Hamilton can't stand Toronto and Toronto people can't stand Dan Hamilton, the rivalry, especially with the Tiger Cats, the Argos. And I really think the, the Rock here are making a mistake by getting rid of the name, keeping the name Toronto. I really think if they didn't want to go with the Hamilton Rock, they should have gone with the Ontario Rock. That way they could have represented the entire province instead of one city. Exactly, because in this league, we have we have Hamil- uh, we have have Halifax over in Nova Scotia, and we only have one team representing Ontario, so... If you have to do, if you have to do the standard template of saying, okay, this is the province and a certain name, by all means, do it. But now, like you said, it's adding fuel to the fire to the whole Toronto and Hamilton rivalry, whether if it's in the CFL, whether if it's elsewhere. But nonetheless, it's going to be interesting to see how things play out for them. Maybe in a year or two, they'll come to their senses like, hey, we're not playing in Toronto anymore, so let's dump it. Yeah, and it's a shame because uh, the Rock have had a lot of success there, but unfortunately, uh, uh, Scotia Bank Arena wanted too much uh, money for the rent for them, and I guess it wasn't even feasible. Because I even asked Pat Gregor, uh, who's I mentioned with Halifax as their color analyst, why didn't they go to the Rico Coliseum where the Marlies play? That would have been perfect for them, but apparently uh, the owner decided to move out of Toronto completely, and I'm like, so you're going to move out of Toronto moved to a city, uh, you should name the team Hamilton or at least the Ontario Rock. It's like the London Knights, uh, um, some another team moving to London and not calling themselves London because London's a, a, a originally the about the same size as Hamilton. So, uh, to me, that's like the when the Hamilton Dukes, uh, Dukes of Hamilton OHL team moved to Guelph in 1991, moved to Guelph and called themselves the uh, Dukes of Hamilton when they play in Guelph. That that the the Gulf Storm that that franchise here would have never survived. Mm-hmm. So that's it, my point on that. Sorry, it, it's it's interesting. It, again, it's interesting how uh, you know certain businesses and certain owners will just name their teams or keep the names when they're obviously out of the city. Like for for example, years ago when the SuperSonics moved out of Seattle, went to the Oklahoma City Thunder. There's a lot of people that question that name and saying it's like well you took the supersonics history right to oklahoma well that's not the case they're treating that as a separate franchise and all of seattle's history is back in seattle until they have an expansion team hopefully in about two or three years with the climate pledge arena opening but you know when it comes to names not a lot of people are are going to be happy with the decision or with what they move that's what makes us uh, sports fans you know more unique because we have all these opinions and whatnot we may be professional but we still have opinions about this, whether if they're going to be taken with a grain of salt or a whole bag of salt, that's, you know, that's up to everybody else. But again, like names, like be wary of it. Be wary of the geographic locations that you're at. And you may attract more crowds if you just put Hamilton right there. Yeah. And you'll see Definitely. how many people just swoop in and love you. They don't have to change the name The Rock. They don't have to change their colors or even their logo other than the CN Tower. If they call themselves the Ontario Rock, then they don't have to touch anything at all and keep the CN Tower in it. But uh, to me, they're making a mistake, but we'll see what happens. I'm hoping one day uh, Pat's schedule uh, fits with yours because I'd like to get Pat and you on as well because you can talk to him about the NBL and he could probably tell you a little bit more about the National Lacrosse League. Pat has a bright future as a broadcaster as well. Absolutely. Like I said, Pat, you heard you heard it right there. I'm looking forward to talking with you and Chris out here. And I got plenty of questions as far as your broadcasting career is concerned. So from from a Windsor right to a Halifax to a Halifaxian, as I, I as I call them, come on down, man. Come on down. Hopefully your schedule is open and we're going to have lots of fun when those schedules open up. Yeah, he is from Ontario, but he got the job, so he commutes to Halifax uh, for uh, their games. A lot of their lacrosse games are on the weekends, and they should be starting up, I believe, in the beginning of December. So I'm looking forward to uh, uh, the National Lacrosse League because I've never been to a lacrosse game, so I'm hoping to go to one in Hamilton. And I honestly think either London or Windsor should look at getting a lacrosse team too. 
Yeah, that's right. We've discussed this before. I mean, they both got great arenas. They got great areas for it. And we have the Windsor Clippers from uh, Lacrosse League. That's been going strong for the last few years. So the lacrosse, you know, the support of lacrosse in the city has grown, you know, more and more over the years. So, you know what, that would be very interesting because, you know, London and Windsor, one of the hottest things. And what if London and Windsor was in the lacrosse league? Another 401 rivalry will unravel. We have it in the OHL. We have it in the NBLC. And think of it. The National Lacrosse League. And same with the Intercounty Baseball League too. If uh, they get a team, Windsor gets an expansion team or a new franchise expansion team, then they could have a rivalry with the majors. So hopefully, in the next couple of years, there's a couple more teams coming to Windsor area. Fingers crossed because the baseball program is awesome too. We have the St. Clair Saints, whose baseball team is phenomenal. Their softball team is just coming to coming to the advent of the Phoenix, if you will. They're rising up out there. We also have a baseball team in the summer collegiately called the St. Clair Green Giants, and they get better and better every year. We got a great uh, we got great baseball teams around here, and especially the Tecumseh Thunder just outside of Windsor too. So. If there's any hope to have a baseball, another baseball team here in Windsor, look at the history, look at the support, and look at the firepower they, that the last rosters had because I think the Rose City deserves a baseball team like that. Definitely. Are you still okay for time for a few more minutes because I was just going to ask you some uh, NBA questions? I got an extra five minutes on me, so I'm okay. Yeah, what I'll do is I'll just stick to the NBA questions, and maybe the next time we come on, we'll talk a little more NFL. Uh, but uh, I'll just start with this one. Uh, what were your thoughts on the 2021 NBA season and the Bucks finally getting that first NBA title since 1971 and uh, the Greek freak uh, getting his uh, finals MVP uh, to cement his uh, legacy in the sport? It's about time. And as an advocator of, you know, the the big men stepping it up in in the league, I say, you know, this is a good uh, step ahead for the big men to dominate in the NBA. And I've said so many years, watch Giannis go to the NBA finals and get the job done. He finally did it again. He goes coast to coast in less than four seconds. And on top of that, he's got a lot of power, a lot of force. He doesn't use brutality that that much because he knows that the most important thing is the game and on himself. He doesn't let his emotions get the best of him. And you know what? It, it's a humbling story. You know, this is what people would say nowadays. This is a guy that went from zero to 100. In his first year, a lot of people teased him because, you know, he didn't have any muscle on him. But he stuck with Milwaukee. Same with Chris Middleton. And you know what? It goes to show that loyalty still means a lot in not only the NBA, but in sports in general. So the fact that the Bucks won the title instead of Phoenix, because they were my pick, you know, it, it's, yes. it's a humbling yes. story and it's, it, it's terrific. Like I, I don't have any, I don't have any ill will towards Milwaukee. It's just, I thought going into the long run, Phoenix had that veteran leadership, but the problem was they didn't have a lot of veteran leadership when it came to the finals, won the first two, and then they lost four straight the way Dallas did uh, against Miami back in 06. But, this is a celebration for them. They may they may gather another championship in the next couple of years because there's a lot of talks of more teams in the West really rallying to, you know, outgo the East this year. So very happy with the season, very unprecedented, but they got it done. I think it's one of the best playoff series uh, playoff seasons that I have seen in the NBA in a long time. Time. I was going to say, and the Buck story reminds me of the Raptors because before 2019, the Raptors, good regular season team, but soft and can't get it done in the playoffs. Milwaukee's had some playoff failures the last couple of years, uh, and there's talk about firing their coach. And to me, their story is similar to uh, what Toronto did in 2019. Yes, and you know what? Just the players that have been in the league or even with that team for a long time, they finally got their just due. And, you know, it's just amazing. You know, you can't help but to feel happy for anybody that wins their first championship. If I'm not mistaken, all the players that played in the finals never had that great championship taste until now. They're going to get a ring. The Bucks are going to get another uh, banner up into the rafters. So Giannis could, dream, could join uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as one of the big men that led the Bucks to the championship. And you know what's interesting? Kareem, then at the time, Lou Alcindor, he mm-hmm. had Oscar Robertson. 
helping him out. They were a nice one-two punch. This year, it was Giannis and Chris Middleton with yeah. a cameo appearance from Bobby Portis. That guy is popular in Milwaukee right now. Well, and the, and the Pistons actually drafted Chris Middleton, and they uh, they gave up on him. And the, and that's the thing with these young players. You don't know when you think you've given up on them, they go to another city and it clicks. And that's why I don't want the Pistons giving up on uh, Siku Dumbalaya. I think that's how you pronounce his name. He's still only 20 years old, and he's still raw. And there's talk that the Pistons might uh, get rid of him. And I, I really – I'm I, I don't think they should yet because he's still young. And sometimes it takes younger players a little more time, especially when they come into the league as a teenager. Well, it's nothing but a young core since Blake Griffin and Derek Rose left years ago too. But on top of that, I've been hearing a lot of talks about Cade Cunningham, the number one pick in the draft yeah. this year. And in his last game, his last summer league game, he scored 20 points. So the most points for the Pistons. Unfortunately, he came up to a minus five, but I, I don't like plus and minuses, honestly. But the summer league is a summer league. It just you know gets these young guys' uh, feet wet in the league. Yes. And yes. hopefully, you know, we we hope the best for the Pistons. Ho hopefully, in a few years, we yep. see them as a seventh or eighth seed and back in the playoffs. Well, I'm, I'm very optimistic. But the thing is, people got to realize too. Even the media was talking about this the other day. Green probably outplayed Cunningham in this game, but it's still a summer league game. It's it's still it's a start learning process, and everyone's like, "Well, maybe Green should have gone number one." I said to somebody on on social media, "I said, talk to me in three years, and then we'll see who the better player is." Absolutely. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Maybe it will be green, but you just never know with young players if they're going to be as good as they're advertised or better than they're advertised. So we'll see what happens. But I do think Houston's got a good player in green, but I also think Cade Cunningham is going to uh, get better for the Pistons. And I think this summer league they started up years ago was one of the best ideas the NBA ever had for developing their their future talent. And there's a lot of variety in the in the summer league. You have the Sacramento. League, you have the Salt Lake City League, which features some of the teams from the West during conference. I, I won't talk anymore about Salt Lake City League because uh, my Spurs, they really uh, they messed up the bed on, on that turnaround. But regardless, when everything shifts to Las Vegas, it's either put up or shut up for these young guys. Yep. And they're really putting up this year. Okay. All right, just a couple of quick questions for you. Uh, what were your thoughts on the 2021 NBA draft, and who do you think were some of the winners and maybe some losers here on that question? Well, I thought Golden State was a winner too, along with um, Charlotte, because let's face it, those two teams, it's sunrise and sunset. Charlotte, they're getting up there. The Warriors, they're trying to redeem themselves after a bunch of injuries in the last two years. And when you keep on having a young core, they always find a way to stand out. Like, for example, a couple of years, we had Michael Mulder, who stepped up this season and the season before the pandemic hit. And he's a young player coming straight out of college and coming from the G League. He really stepped it up. And now I'm, I'm funny enough, I'm not a fan of the Warriors, but I'm interested at the young players because they're going to step up and they're going to get their time to start. So that's why I said I think the Warriors are winners because they know how to manage their young core. They get the minutes, especially when Steph, Clay, and Draymond wants some time off and back onto the bench. But again, for Charlotte, again, see them in a few years. They could be a four or five seed in the Eastern Conference. And when they picked up James Booknight, I had a feeling that he could complement, you know, some key guards real well. Like, for example, uh, Mr. Ball himself. Wasn't a fan of him in the beginning, but I see, like, he has a little bit of shades of Magic Johnson. Now he has somebody in the backcourt to compliment him on that. And that leads to my next question. NBA free agency, what are your thoughts of Lowry off to the Miami Heat? Westbrook joining the Lakers to win a championship. Sounds familiar. And Kelly Ornick, a Canadian, uh, signed a three-year deal with the Pistons, who replaces Mason Pumley. And then uh, former Raptor DeRozan and Spur signing with the Bulls. Just briefly give me a, what's your uh, uh, quick opinion on the free agency so far. Well, first off, I think it's going to be a problem for the Lakers. I mean, I'm happy that Westbrook is able to come back to the Western Conference because when he was with Oklahoma City, he just destroyed everybody. When he went east, there was a little bit of a problem right there. But now you have Westbrook, you have LeBron James, you have Anthony Davis, and now somebody is going to lose their spot because of Westbrook. It's not his fault or anything. And I remember reading, uh, hearing his press conference saying, 
he doesn't have much to prove anymore because he's accomplished a whole lot. So he's going to go from like the leading role to a supportive role because he realizes it isn't going to be about him when he goes to the Lakers. But it may cause a little bit of a chemistry issue at the beginning. But then again, I could be wrong. There's a lot of firepower for the Lakers. Lowry off to the Miami Heat. I'm not surprised at this one bit because the Raptors looked a little bit off their boat last season and i had a feeling that lowry was seeing his final days out there you can't get mad at him though it, it was time to go and he supported and he supported the raptors for so many years so we're going to see his number up in the raptors real soon olenic to the pistons i think this is his last chance to shine in the nba and this is a good opportunity to do this because again Another team with a great young core, and they got a well-seasoned veteran. Usually you get well-seasoned veterans in the backcourt and slightly in the frontcourt. Kelly Olynyk could get it done in the frontcourt with his veteran presence, so that could complement him. And DeRozan signing with the Bulls, I'm very interested to see that because it reminds me of Dwayne Wade joining the Bulls. But DeRozan still got a lot of uh, fuel left into the tank, so we'll see how that works out. Yeah, I wanted to talk to Chuck about it, but unfortunately, him being an employee of the Bulls, last Friday, he couldn't talk about free agency or anything. So um, hopefully the next time I get Chuck on again in the future, I'd like to get his opinion because I'm sure he's – I think now it's all official. It's just sometimes uh, these guys like uh, the broadcasters they, uh, that work for the team, they can't say too much until everything's uh, completely official. But I'm sure they're going to be a really good team next year. I think Brooklyn's going to be good. I think that. Knicks are going to be good. The Sixers, I think, are still going to be good. But I, I do think this Bulls team is going to be in the top four in the East next year. Well, look at what they have, especially in, in the front court now. And another thing for the Sixers, they're going to be all right. But I'm just going to sum it down to three words. Trade Ben Simmons. His playoff performance was not good. You don't think they can fix him in Philadelphia? Or do you think a fresh start is uh, needed? It's time for a fresh start. Like, you trust the process for so long. There's nothing with Joel Embiid. There's something wrong with uh, Ben Simmons as far as confidence is concerned because we've seen him in a key situation against the Hawks in the semifinals where he gave up so many open shots and instead fed it to Joel Embiid, who wasn't even ready for that because he had confidence in Ben Simmons to put it up and in. So I don't know why he decided to throw all those chances away instead of putting, like, four or five extra points up on his name. But it's time to go. Okay. And then I was just the last thing I was going to bring up. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Bulls? Uh, we already discussed their free agency moves. Uh, what about their draft pick? Elo? I think it's AO uh, done some mun. I believe a point card at a, a point guard at a, Illinois in the second round 38s overall. Well, we're just going to, to see what happens because in the last few years, the Bulls have been on a rebuilding process. Yes. Like they picked yep. up a couple of key players like Zach Levine and now this time from Marta Rosen. But now we could see how guard-oriented the Bulls can be or continue to be with this young player because, like I said, there's going to be a whole lot more experience up in the front court. But now the back court where you usually get a lot of direction and see where things go, I think he's going to be confident right out of the gates. He's going to have a little bit of those growing pains, no question about it, but I think he could be a great playmaker for Chicago when he's able to get that minutes and he's able to, you know, get those sea legs, you know, beneath them because he's going to be a rookie, right? They're going to try to bully him, but going to Chicago, it just gives him a lot of time, you know, just to get his feet wet and establish some control. I think that Eastern Conference next year is going to be tough. I really think it's going to be much more competitive and more difficult to make the playoffs. That's just my, my two cents in it. And even the teams that didn't even qualify for the playoffs this year, they were very tough and they had some strong finishes too. So again, don't be surprised if Detroit tried to put on a strong one near the end of the season. Same with Orlando or even Washington for that matter. Okay. Do you got one more minute so I can ask you one more question and that's it? For sure. Okay. Um, Ken, Tom, this is an NFL question and maybe the next time we'll talk a little more NFL, but this is my last question for you. Can Brady and the Buccaneers repeat as Super Bowl champs? And what are your thoughts briefly on the 2021 Eagles and quarterback Jalen Hurts? Do you think uh, he can be their number one quarterback or are you still not uh, quite sold on him yet? Well, you know what? I think Jalen Hurts, you know, has, has what it takes. You know, he has that poise at the beginning and you know once again outside of the preseason 
loss yesterday, I, I do believe. I think the Eagles may have a strong run. And, you know, as far as the NFC East is concerned, watch out for the Eagles. You better watch out for these guys because I think they're going to have a strong, strong run at the beginning. But the question is, can they finish it off in the regular season real strong and try to clinch that division? As far as Brady and the Buccaneers are concerned, I originally thought it's like, you know what, they could repeat this year, but there's a lot of contenders. You can't count out Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City uh, for a second, but I think with all these draft picks and as far as the preseason and the early season goes, I think the AFC may have a little bit of trouble. I think this could be the NFC's year once again. Well, I think Buffalo is going to be better this year than they were last year, especially with their draft and they adding pass rushers and getting Allen signed to a six-year contract. Uh, I definitely think in the AFC, Kansas City, Buffalo, I think Cleveland's going to have a decent team as well. Uh, but we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, uh, like I said, uh, the Eagles, uh, they lost last night, uh, what, uh, I think 24 to 16 to Pittsburgh. I'm not concerned about the preseason results. I like the fact that Hurts was in. He made good decisions with the uh, football, he made some good passes. Unfortunately, Hurts dropped one. Uh, Jalen Rager, who was their number one pick last year, has struggled mm -hmm. at times. And then Joe Flacco came in, who they signed as a backup, uh, was solid last night. And uh, the one player I'd look on the Eagles this year, Quaz Watkins, uh, number 16. He is the fastest guy on the Eagles and one of the fastest guys in NFL. And I think he's going to make uh, as much an impact with the Eagles as Devontae Smith, uh, the Heisman Trophy winner, who the Eagles got number 10 overall. He didn't play last night because they're being careful with a, a minor injury. So uh, I do expect the Eagles to be improved this year. I'm not sure how much, but they will be a better football team this year. And I do like Nick Sarani and the new coaching staff as well. But Aaron, uh, I won't keep you too much longer, but I just want to say thank you so much for coming on and talking some hoops, the NBA and the CEBL. And uh, maybe next time we can talk a little more uh, NFL as well. And hopefully when I have you on next, we'll have more uh, NBL news to talk about as well. Absolutely. It's always a pleasure to be on here, and thanks a lot. And uh, the Bills and the Lions are playing tonight at 7 o'clock. That's going to be an interesting preseason matchup too. Yeah, Bills in Detroit at 7 o'clock, and then 10 o'clock Dallas and Arizona. So I've got lots of NFL preseason football tonight. I've got the Argonauts in Winnipeg at 8.30 tonight. Argos are 1-0, trying to go 2-0 against the Great Cup champs. And then we've got the, the Tigers and uh, Indians tonight at Comerica. Miggy's one, Miguel Cabrera is one home run short of 500. So there's a lot of sports going on. What a difference a year makes, Aaron. Absolutely. And for the Tigers, I'm surprised they're right where they are right now. Second, I think, in their division right now. But at first I thought they're going to get to a strong start. But in the middle of the season, they just begin to falter. But they no, no. had one of the best records in the last few months out of any other team. I credit the GM Al Avia for drafting well and also the hiring of AJ Hinch. I know some people don't like him because of the cheating scandal in Houston, but he was a good major league baseball catcher when he played and he's a very good manager. And uh, I really think he wants to prove to everyone that he didn't need to cheat to win a world series with Houston. And he's done a very, him and the coaching staff for the Tigers have done a very good job with a young pitching staff and a young team. And I do think Detroit sports right now, uh, I can't speak for the Lions, but I know the Taggarts, the Red Wings, and Pistons, I believe, are on the right path to being successful again. Hmm. And hopefully they'll take care of Cleveland. 57 and 60. They could be two games above 500 by the end of tonight. Wouldn't that be interesting? If, if they do finish the season 500 or even above 500, I think A.J. Hinch should be in conversation for manager, AL manager of the year, because I think he's done a great job with this young team and, and the coaching staff as well to give them credit. And Miguel Cabrera still has a little bit left in the gas tank, too, at age 38. I see him do going for one more year and just hanging it up after 2022. So hopefully he gets it tonight because the Lions are the Lions. The Tigers are on the roll. Oh, my. Lions, Tigers, and Bears. But anyhow, you get one. Definitely. All right, Aaron, I'm going to let you go, but we'll definitely have you on again in the fall, maybe just before the NBL season starts. That way you can tell us a little bit more about the league and more developments and, and all that as well. I might tell you more about the uh, the university and college athletics too because okay. uh, yeah. it's it's running like gangbusters. <laughs> it's going to run like gangbusters. So, can't wait. 
Definitely. Like I said, I, I have to admit, I don't follow university basketball in Canada as much as I should. So next time you come on, yeah, if you want to talk uh, university hoops too, that'd be great. Cause I, uh, I should pay a little more attention to the university uh, hoops here too. And what as well in Canada. Absolutely. You never know. They could be a key star in the NBA, the NBL or the CBL. Okay. All right, Aaron, I'm going to let you go, but have a great night and we'll be in touch soon. And, uh, Thanks for coming on the podcast again. I really appreciate it today, Aaron. You're welcome, Chris. Have a good one and have fun watching the games today. And where can people find you again briefly on uh, social media? So they could find me on social media at uh, on Twitter at a Sanders Windsor. Um, I'm very active on Instagram too at Aaron Sanders Frostfather. I've been working on my golf swing, the driving range recently, and I finally passed more than 150 yards but my my form still needs a little bit of work i'm no johnny carson or jack nicholas or anything but you know i'm getting there so that that's something to look forward to until the athletic season for the university college and pros start around here in windsor so don't be a stranger folks i'm not that hard to find okay aaron well you have a good night and we'll be in touch on social media thanks again for coming on live with cdp you're welcome chris take care you too Good night. Anyways, guys, just want to say thank you again to Aaron Sanders, the online voice of the Windsor Express, for coming on uh, live with CDP podcast today. And uh, I just want to say thank you to everybody who's watching this live on my YouTube channel, Chris Pame, uh, Twitter at Chris D. Pame, and also on Twitch. I'm on Twitch live streaming now as of uh, as of a couple weeks ago as C. Pame 19. And guys, just to let you know, I am in the process of working on my own website. Uh, a friend of mine in London hopefully will be able to help me. I already bought the domain name for my uh, website, and I think my friend in London is going to give me a hand with my website. So eventually this podcast live with CDP will be on my own website as well. As for Facebook, uh, my account's still disabled 24 days later, so I'm not even sure if I'll ever be back on Facebook again. But the podcast is going to keep going on as well. And just to let you guys know, after each podcast live, I download the audio version, which is always on Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, and CastBox, if you prefer to, to listen to the podcast instead of uh, audio. Oh, by the way, guys, just to let you know, my uh, audience now is in nine countries across the world. Uh, so thank you so much for everybody uh, who watches or listens to my uh, podcast uh, in Canada, the U.S., uh, over in Mexico, in France, and uh, Germany, and that as well. So thank you so much. And just to let you guys know, you can also follow me. I joined TikTok three weeks ago. You guys can now follow me on TikTok, at Live with CDP. Again, my handle is uh, at Live with CDP. And I uh, do some uh, my own creative uh, promos for my podcast on TikTok as well. Anyways, guys, uh, just a couple more things. Um, my next podcast, guys, I've got this confirmed. My next Live with CDP podcast Tuesday, August 17th at 4 p.m. Eastern with guest Don Landry, who's a freelance broadcaster, columnist, curling announcer, and he's also the former uh, Toronto Argonauts PA announcer at BMO Field, and he was also a former morning personality for years at the Fan 590. Don Landry's going to come on Tuesday at 4. We're going to talk CFL with Don, and we're going to talk some NFL with him, and also maybe some more Philadelphia Eagles uh, football as well. And some other news, guys, the Philadelphia Eagles announced they will have two new members to their Hall of Fame on October 14th. Game at the link, Trey Thomas, an offensive tackle from 98 to 08, and John Runyon uh, from Michigan, uh, offensive tackle from uh, 2000 to 2008, will be in the Eagles Hall of Fame. I'm looking forward to that. And uh, also, guys, Detroit Tigers tonight at Comerica Park. This weekend, take on the Cleveland Indians, a three-game series. Uh, the Tigers' Miguel Cabrera is at 499 career home runs. Needs one more for 500. Cabrera's career stats with uh, the Marlins and Tigers, 311 career batting average, 2,950 hits, 499 home runs, and 1,780 RBIs. His number 24 will be retired by Detroit. He'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer as well. And that uh, 
first ever Field of Dreams game in Dyersville, Iowa last night. What a game. The White Sox won 9-8 in nine innings. Tim Anderson, their all-star shortstop, hit the game-winning two-run home run at the bottom of the night. I, I really hope Major League Baseball considers doing this Field of Dreams game uh, once a year in uh, Dyersville, Iowa. I've had the pleasure of playing a game of baseball on the Field of Dreams in Iowa, and it's just amazing. And I thought uh, I thought it was great. Fox, Major League Baseball and Fox did a great job with John, Joe Buck and John Smoltz. And I really thought there was a great game between the White Sox and the Yankees. You had lots of – it wasn't a pitching duel. You had lots of home runs, lots of doubles, lots of hits, and lots of scoring and a dramatic uh, finishing uh, finish as well. And to me right now, guys, uh, the Chicago White Sox – look like a World Series-bound team. Uh, they won it last in 2005. I think this team might even be better than the two, 2005 team. And right now, my Major League uh, World Series pick for uh, October is the White Sox to represent the American League and the Dodgers in the National League. And it would be a rematch of the 1959 World Series between the Dodgers and White Sox. So we'll see what happens. But right now, to me, those are the two best teams, the Dodgers and White Sox as well. Anyways, guys, uh, what I'm going to do before I go, guys, I'm just going to show a little bit of the uh, Eagles highlight uh, last night against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, overall, I thought uh, I'm not worried about the results here. I thought the Eagles starters, the first uh, team's guys, uh, did fairly well yesterday. And uh, I'm hoping in the next game against New England, uh, Miles Sanders can get uh, into the game a little bit as well. But uh, they held him out last night because they're trying to keep his legs fresh for the regular season. But just give me a minute, guys, and I'm just going to play some highlights from the uh, Eagles Steelers game last night. Uh, and this clip is just give me one sec, guys. I'm a one man show. Uh, this clip is courtesy of the National Football League. So one second. First out of the shotgun on first down. <laughs> Couldn't get the route that he wanted, but went through his progression. And Hurts again with some time. And finds the open man. First down and more into Pittsburgh territory. They were showing blitz again. Here they come. Howard picks it up. Time for Hurts. Throwing. Had the first down. Jake Elliott, who's hoping to take strides forward again this year as well, from 47. Straight and true and nails it. Second and a long five of the man in motion. Mason Rudolph getting the started quarterback finds his man at Smith's. Rudolph, his primary backup, has played in 15 career games. Trying to make it through the middle and Harris this time. On play action. That's wide open. Harris has a first down. Pretty good job of slowing for relatively modest contracts. I thought they were all good signings by Howie Roseman. Harris running wild right now. We got a flag on the play. That would be a first down if it stood at a 13-yard pickup, but that flag came out, and it looks like it's coming back. Holding offense, number 88, 10-yard penalty, replay, first down. They expect their D-line to be able to get some pressure. Looks like zone behind it. Definitively zone behind it on third down and 11. Rudolph, nowhere to go, finally lets it go. So now Jalen Rager to field the punt for the Eagles. Jordan Berry trying to find a corner somewhere inside the 20. And Rager lets it bounce and it's down. They present themselves, that one did. On second down, he's still calm in the pocket. He's got himself a first down. Yeah, that's a misleading step. And on third down, stepping up in the pocket, time to run. And that move to the end. And second down. Rudolph, good throw down the sideline. That's going to be complete for a first down. That's well done. That leads to a second down and 12 now. Rudolph is five out of six, making six out of seven. As he connects with Eric Ebron in the Eagles territory down at the 47. Say you get two new emails. One from a legit looking business and one from whatever this is. Customers are more like. You've had a great camp as well. Keep your eye on the bottom of the screen, Josh Sweat. Coming from the wide side. Gets his way inside, but the pass is out. Johnson from the open field, and here come Regan. Kind of just a stone's throw from where he grew up in South Jersey. Second down. He's throwing and completing. He's got himself a first. Thought it was interesting. Nick Sirianni talking about Flacco. You can see the value he places on having a vet 
who has that experience. To the outside, they're going for the speed. And Watkins has it. No one's going to catch him. 79 yards for the touchdown. Anyways, guys, that's just some of the highlights from the game last night. Obviously, Pittsburgh won 24-16, but I thought Jalen Hurts was uh, decisive in the pocket. I think he made some good decisions with the football, made some good throws. Uh, Jalen Rager, the second-year receiver, uh, draw, had a few drops. Uh, Zach Hurts dropped a pass as well, so I think Hurts was good. I thought Joe Flacco, as a veteran quarterback, did okay as well. His big play was a 79-yard bomb to Quaz Watkins. Jamie, the Philly sports guy, spotted this kid yesterday. Uh, last year on this team. And I think uh, with the new coaching staff and Nick Sarani and that, I think you're going to see more of Quaz Watkins, maybe returning kicks as well. But uh, as a wide receiver, he is the fastest player on the Eagles and maybe one of the fastest players in the National Football League. And it was also good to see place kicker Jake Elliott go three for three on field goals. Uh, I thought everything went well with uh, the holder, the center, the holder, and the kicks. And he, Jake also had a 50-yard kick as well. So there were some positives and uh, like I said we'll see what happens with the next preseason against New England but I definitely would like to see Devon A. Smith get a little playing time in the preseason as he's a rookie the Heisman Trophy winner and also like to see Miles Sanders get a little playing action as well so the Eagles got two more preseason games left next one's against New England the best thing about last night was also listening to the Eagles radio network and Merle Reese and Mike Quick. And even a preseason game, Merle Reese can make it sound like a Super Bowl game. So uh, I really enjoy listening to Merle Reese and Mike Quick, two of the best in the business. And I'm looking forward to the next preseason game against the uh, uh, Patriots as well. And uh, anyways, guys, like I said, uh, I really appreciate everybody watching again. And uh like I said, my next CDP podcast is this Tuesday, August 17th at 4 o'clock with Don Landry. And we're going to talk more NFL and more CFL as well. And before I go, guys, I'm just going to promote this again. Again, the Gulf Nighthawks, they're having a watch party this for the quarterfinal this Sunday, August 15th, against the Fraser Valley Bandits at 4 o'clock at Lorenza, downtown Guelph on 10 Wyndham Street South. Uh, please either call the Nick Nighthawks ticket office or send them an email uh, either tonight or tomorrow and see if you can uh, uh, come to their watch party. And looking forward to that game, too. And here's their website, too, guys, the Nighthawks. .ca. And for the CBL uh, website, uh, cbl.ca. And I'm really looking forward to the championship weekend, which will be uh, August 18th and 20th, August 18th to the 22nd at the Expo Center in Edmonton. And uh, we'll see what happens there. But uh, again, guys, like I said, we got uh, two games this weekend, Ottawa-Hamilton at 4 o'clock. And then Sunday, golf at Fraser Value, Sunday, August 15th at 4 o'clock. So lots of sports going on, guys. Uh, hopefully, Miggy can get his 500th home run tonight at Comerica Park. And uh, like I said, I'm looking forward to it. So anyways, guys, I just want to say thank you so much uh, again for coming on uh, Live with CDP podcast. Everybody who watched it on YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch live streaming, thank you so much. And everybody who listens to it on audio version later on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor FM, thank you as, uh, as much as well. I've got more guests coming on next week. I've got Don Landry on Tuesday. And then I have uh, from the LA Kings, uh, their hockey writer, Mike Camito. And he's also the team historian for the OHL Subway Wolves. Uh, Mike will be on next Friday at 3 o'clock. And I am working hard on getting more guests uh, for my show as well. So anyways, guys, I just want to say thank you so much for watching again. And again, Aaron Sanders, thanks for coming on and talking some hoops, NBA and CBL with me. And next time, maybe we'll be able to talk a little more NBL of Canada and some uh, university hoops too as well. All right, guys, uh, thanks for watching live with CDP. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you Tuesday at 4 o'clock for the next live edition of Live with CDP. Take care and have a great weekend.